Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on August 20th, 2023 on the basis of Matthew chapter 15, verses 22 to 33. Our sermon today from Matthew chapter 15. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she, she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. This is the gospel of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, last week we had... Uh, Chrissy's family here, and, and her grandma was, was here, and I, I got to talk to her grandma a bit. Her grandma had uh, retired last year and had moved down to Arizona to spend some time with uh, her brother, who was, who was sick. Uh, but here's the thing. When she moved down to Arizona, she didn't take her car with, with her. And he had a car down there, but uh, she, she's 85. She, she has a hard time getting around, especially in in. Phoenix, right? She can drive around in New Orleans, Minnesota, but, but in Phoenix, that's a whole different thing, right? So, so she, her plan was she would uh, Uber to different places. If she had to get to the grocery store or, or to church or somewhere, she'd take Uber or Lyft. And, and she was telling me some of the stories from some of those rides that she had. Because as you can imagine, in a big city like Phoenix, she had a, a very diverse group of drivers with all different backgrounds. And so she had all different kinds of conversations, which she thoroughly enjoyed. And she's, she's a very courageous woman, and she would ask her drivers some similar questions. Some of the conversations were different, but most of the drivers, she would ask the same questions. She would say, are you a Christian? And if they said yes, she'd ask if they believe in heaven or hell. And if they said yes, she'd ask if they think they're going to heaven. And if they said yes, she'd ask why. I told you she is courageous. What do you think the answer she got was? She asked, why do you think you're going to heaven? Can you imagine some of the responses she might have got? Some of the drivers said they were going to heaven because they tried to live like Jesus lived. Uh, Some of the drivers said that they were going to heaven because they tried to do good in in their community. They tried to be kind to people. Other drivers were really honest, and they said, well, they weren't really sure why they were going to heaven, but they, were hoped, that, they hoped that Jesus um, looked positively on, on how they chose to live their, their life. She found this to be a, a really fun, useful uh, experiment, social experiment, so to speak. But by the end of it, she said she found it to be kind of a sad experiment. A sad experiment because there were so many people who claimed to be Christians yet said the reason they were going to heaven was because of something they did or because of their behavior or because of how they lived their life in some way. 
Now, if I can be courageous and say something somewhat direct to you, if that's how you answer that question, you're not a Christian. Yet, there are many who claim that, that title, Christian, and answer the question that way. I don't think that those responses shock you at all, that that's the conversation she was having in those, in those Ubers and Lyfts as she was going from, from place to place. Even people who don't claim the title Christian think that way, right? They, they may not believe in Jesus. They, they may believe in a, in a different God or a different way to an afterlife, but they believe they're going to the positive afterlife because of how they live their life here. They, they acknowledge that your life here does does matter, and the way you live your life here matters, but they believe that that's the basis of going to, to the, the good afterlife. It, it's sad, but it's not new. The, the Pharisees thought this too. You see, the Pharisees believed in God, but they believed that they were going to, to heaven or, or whatever they called heaven at that time because of how they lived their life. And you often see the Pharisees showing up in gospel in gospel readings, with kind of this self-righteous air about them. They approach Jesus and the disciples, and they're often trying to trap them. They're often trying to accuse Jesus and the disciples of something. And right before our section for today, so we picked up in Matthew 15, verse 21, the section just before our section for today is a great example of that. The Pharisees show up to Jesus and the disciples, and they ask Jesus, why, why don't the disciples wash their hands before they eat? And moms everywhere are asking the same question. But the Pharisees, they weren't worried about the hygiene of the disciples. They were worried about the law. They thought that their standing before God was good because of how meticulously they kept that law. Even down to a, a law that was maybe kind of smaller, you know, it's not the same as do not murder, but wash your hands before you, you eat. They... they thought that they were, were so good because they kept even these minute laws here. you got to remember who the Pharisees are, right? The Pharisees are the religious leaders of the day. They were the, the picture of spirituality to the, to the people there. They were the, the gurus, the spiritual gurus. Now, if you haven't heard of the Pharisees before, that, that's a pretty good description of how they, how they were viewed at that day. If you have heard of the Pharisees before, and you've heard several stories with the Pharisees, you might be a little calloused to the Pharisees, right? Because every time they show up in Scripture, they seem to be the bad guys. They seem to be the ones that are trying to trick Jesus, trap him, deceive him, kill him. Uh, but that's not how they were viewed by the general population at that time. They weren't the bad guys to everyone. They, they were, they were the, the spiritual guys. They were the, the guys who you wanted to emulate, who you wanted to aspire to live like. So, in the section right before ours today, when Jesus says, you Pharisees are hypocrites, you Pharisees are blind guides, whew, a first century Jew, that's going to shock them. Jesus is, is really throwing it at them here, Right? And then, add to that, you're the first-time reader of the Gospel of Matthew. Think, think try to put yourself in, in those shoes. We, we've had the Gospel of Matthew for 2,000 years now, right? Over 2,000 years. But, but imagine being the first person to read Matthew's Gospel, and imagine you were a first-century Jew as you were reading that, and you saw these two sections right next to each other, the blind guide, hypocrite Pharisees, and this Canaanite woman. 
that in and of itself, just seeing these two put next to each other, even in a book, is shocking. Because you can't find two more different groups of people than the Canaanites and the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the, the Jews of all Jews. They, they kept the law, the, the 613 laws of the Talmud. That was what they, they boasted about. They boasted about being related to Abraham and Moses. And then you have the, this Canaanite woman. The, the Canaanites were the ones that God had told the Israelites to drive out of the, the promised land because they, they were pagans. They, they believed in false gods their, their worship practices were detestable. Even, even some of the most immoral unbelievers today would cringe at some of the things the Canaanites were doing in, in that day. That's who this woman came from. You, you couldn't find two more opposite people than the Pharisees and this Canaanite woman. Yet as Matthew arranges his gospel, it's no accident that these are right next to each other. He wants you to see the difference. He wants you to see exactly how the Pharisees responded when Jesus called them blind guides and hypocrites, and they didn't take it well, I'll tell you that. They were offended. It says they were offended at Jesus' words. He wants you to see the difference in that reaction and the difference between them and when the, the woman was likened to a, a dog. If anyone had the right to be upset, it was that woman, Right? She came to Jesus in, in dire need. Her daughter was demon-possessed. She just wanted him to heal her daughter. And Jesus likens her to a dog. But, but even before that, he doesn't even, he doesn't even answer her at first, right? She comes to him, she asks him to heal her daughter, and he doesn't say, speak a word to her. And then after he finally does respond to her, he says, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, before your imagination runs amok and you start accusing Jesus of sin, he's not sinning here. He's testing. He's testing this woman, and he's, he's got good reason to test her. If you look at uh, page 9 of your worship folder here, and you see, the, you see the, that section out there, uh, count real quick, how many times did she call him Lord? How many times did she call him Lord in there? Three times. Three times she called him Lord. That's significant. You know, we, we, we kind of maybe breeze past that, but it's significant that she calls him Lord. What's even more significant is that she calls him the son of David. Remember, this is a Gentile woman. She's not Jewish. David was a Jewish king. Uh, people that were Jewish, they, they took a lot of, there was a lot of significance in, in being related to David or, or having some sort of connection to David. But to a Gentile person, that, that meant nothing, right? Uh, that, that's, like, that's like somebody from, a, a, a different, from the United States. Um, they, don't, they don't care as much about the, the kingly line in England. It, it doesn't matter as much unless you really love the crown in, on Netflix or something, right? It, it doesn't matter. That, that's what it's like for this, this woman. It, why should she care that he's the son of David? Why should she care who Jesus' ancestral father is several generations back? And so Jesus is going to test her because he's wondering, he's got to be wondering, is this lady here because she's heard I've done miracles, she's heard I've healed people, and she just wants another magic trick, a quick fix, she wants her, her daughter healed, or is she here because she knows who I am? Is she here because she knows that, that I'm the son of God 
that, that I'm here to, to save her from her sins, that, that I was the one that God promised for, from long ago. Because there's a difference there, right? Just like there's a, a difference in, in, in the prayers of, of someone who trusts in God, believes in who he is, and, and approaches him as, as a child of their loving father, there's a difference between somebody like that and somebody who's approaching God in prayer in desperation, hoping that they'll be the quick fix that, that they need to get out of the jam that they're, they're in. There's a difference there, right? But this woman, she, she passes the test with, with flying colors here. She didn't become indignant when Jesus likened her to a dog. She didn't start, she didn't start listing off all the reasons why she deserves to have Jesus do this for her. She, she doesn't really even bat an eye at what Jesus says. She knows that she doesn't deserve Jesus' help. And kind of with unrivaled humility, she responds to Jesus. And she responds the way she does because she knows, number one, who she is, and number two, who Jesus is. She knows that she was born into sin. And not only that, she continues to sin daily. And it's not just a mistake that she makes every now and again. It's, it's who she is. She's a sinner. And no, she knows that before God, a sinner doesn't have the right to ask for, for anything. And that's the same for a first century Canaanite woman as it is for a first century Pharisee, as it is for a 21st century American. You and I, we were born into sin. And it's not just something we do every now and again. It's who we are. We're sinners, deserving God's wrath, unable to do something that's pleasing in God's sight on our, on our own. That, that's who we are. She also knew who Jesus was. She calls him Lord three times and the Son of David, and it's not an accident. She knows that this is the Messiah. She knows that this is God in the flesh, the one who's pure and holy, who hasn't been defiled by sin. And she knows that sin cannot stand in the presence of someone who is holy and blameless and demand things. But she does insist. She doesn't go away. Jesus says it's not right to take the children's food, bread and toss it to the dogs, but she stays there. She stays there because she knows who she is and because she knows who Jesus is. She knows that she's a sinner, but she knows that Jesus came to seek and to save sinners. And so she insists on his grace. She persists, and she says this, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. In this woman, you see true spirituality. Matthew put these two together on purpose. People thought that it was the Pharisees, he thought the Pharisees were the ones were, that were, had the key to, to what meaningful, true spirituality in this, this life, but the, the Pharisees were just blind guides, hypocrites, who were far from the kingdom of God. But in this woman, we see true and real and meaningful spirituality because she knew how badly she needed God's grace, and she trusted that God is a God who gives freely his grace and forgiveness that he sent his son to accomplish that grace and forgiveness so that he could give it to her freely. That, that's the key to true spirituality, even in the 21st century here, to know how badly you need God's grace, to know how rotten of a sinner you are, 
but to know to what lengths Jesus went to save you from your sins. That woman knew that. And so she took the proper posture before God. She begged, knowing she didn't deserve anything, but knowing that Jesus could give her everything. That's a life of repentance, right? Repentance has two parts. We acknowledge our sins and that we trust that Jesus has forgiven it. A life of repentance is acknowledging that you are a sinner that needs God's grace and that he has given you that grace through Jesus. That's a repentant lifestyle, and the repentant lifestyle is a life of true spirituality that actually means something, that actually gets you somewhere, that actually means something to, to God. Her faith was great. Jesus commended her. There's not many times in, in Scripture where Jesus commends someone for their faith being great. And a lot, a lot more times than not, it's a Gentile that he's saying that to. He commends her faith, but her faith was great, wasn't great because of something amazing in her, something about her. Her faith was great because it was rooted in Jesus who was strong to make her faith great. So, if you're ever riding an Uber or a Lyft, if you're ever driving an Uber or a Lyft, and some lady asks you, are you a Christian? And if you say yes, and they ask, do you believe in heaven or hell? And then if they ask, uh, do you believe you're going to heaven? And they ask you why? Jesus. That's it. No more. Stop there. Don't add any more to that sentence. It's Jesus. Jesus alone. He saved you. He was the one that gave you grace and forgiveness. And, And may we... Know that and insist on the grace that this woman insisted on. Insist on Jesus' grace. Insist on on making him forgive us because he did and he wants to. God grant it. Amen. Hey, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Now's the the time in the podcast where I ask you to, to subscribe, to share, to like. And I really do mean that. I know a lot of people say it, but this is just a great way for us to be able to to reach more people with the good news of of Jesus. We want other people to have God's word uh, in their ears, and and that's one way to do it. So if you would consider doing that, we'd love for you to do that, and, and we'd love if you come back and listen again next week. God bless.